0: Let's learn. So, you know, t- last night today it was uh, Yud Shvat. So Yud Shvat is the, um, the yard site of the Rosh Hash. So it's the yard site of the Friedrich of Lavach It's when the last Lava Shreva took over a year later. So it's, uh, it's an auspicious day. So I figured we'll uh, learn a little bit about the Parsha. And it'll be um, stylistically based on Chabad and Yonim and Rosh Hash and I'm not I, I'm not probably going to um you know explain clearly you know I'm I'm not going to openly let's say quote Rosh Hash, or quote uh, any Rebbes of Chabad you know in in the in, you know in our learning over here but uh it's coming from those uh, from those wellsprings anyway okay so this six parashot of beshalach so we have the gemar we have the completion of its mitzraim of uh Yitzchus Mitzrayim, which what began really uh, called Parshas and Parshas So a few hours, you know. Again, obviously, we know that you uh, Klal Yitzchus Mitzrayim is divided into two parts. You have the first part, which culminates in Parshas bai. that's the Ten Makkos, you know, which was celebrated, you know, Pesach night, and then you have Shviishal Pesach, a full week later, the end of the week, which is uh, Shviishal Pesach, the seventh day of Pesach, and that's when. Kriyas Yamsev takes place, and the pasuk tells us what happened in between, right? So Pari after Makas B'charis, lets us go, but then he has a he has a change of heart, and and uh, and so on, and he chases after the Jewish people to try to bring us back into Mitzrayim or to, to kill us, and Kriyas uh, Yamsov and that's the Gemara of Mitzrayim. Okay, so a few a few Ha'aris. you know, by by the Seder night, so a major part of the Haggadah is is we go through in the Haggadah a few different opinions of the Tannaim, in terms of comparing and contrasting the makas of Mitzrayim with the experience of Kriyas Yamsov. Now again, in, in Chumash, all we know of is that there was a splitting of the sea. That's that's the Nase. But Chazal, it, 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 all the Tanoim that we quote over there, Rabbi Ben Azari, of Akiva, I think we, there's other, Rabbi Gamliel, I think we quote as well, is that they have basic the basic um, the basic setup is the following by the makkas in Mitzrayim the pasuk describes the makkas as etzbalukim, a finger of God Kivyachal. and by the yam it says that the Jewish people saw the yad of Hashem, the full hand of Hashem. So the basic cheshvin that the tanoim are making is that whatever amount of makkas was by the first part of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim by you know by uh, by Mitzrayim that's only going to be one out of five compared to the yam. So if there are 10 makkas, for example, in Mitzrayim proper, that means there's going to be 50 makkas by the Yom And that's where the calculations go on, and then the time go on, well, maybe by every makka in Mitzrayim was really four makkas, or maybe every makka of Mitzrayim was five makkas. It's vital right the numbers are multiplied. But the basic idea is that it was an etzba k'viyachol in Mitzrayim versus a full yad by the Yom So in other words, the chiddush of the yamsuf. Is that it's that there's four times more than what should be. In other words, uh, step one, which the, whatever the or whatever the uh, you know the, the number of maches are with the that is by the yamsuf plus an additional four times over to make it a full Yad. So that's the uh, that's the Cheshbon of chazal. Now, so the first question is, what does that tell us? What's this in you know, over here? What's this in you know, over here? That uh, again, whatever is by Mitzrayim is going to be by the yamsuf in Yitzhak Mitzrayim 2.0, not just the same thing, not just the same unit repeating itself, but a unit plus four times itself, a full, a full five times. So that's the question number once this Indian of the etzbalakim versus the yad of Hashem by Yamziv. Okay, it's point number one. Point number two. After the story, I guess we'll. we'll I guess I mentioned some, you know, detailed horrors when it comes to Kriyas Um It's one is like this. It says right before, right before. Uh, Right before is Yashir, so it says after the splitting of the sea. Again, that's the the hand of Hashem. Asher Hashem Mitzrayim. So this is a, this, is a, this following are the the, the, the swarm bring down. Hashem. That the Jewish people feared Hashem. They they feared Hashem. and they also believed in Hashem. So the question that Tanya is mamram about this. V'yiru ames uh, first of all, what does it mean that they, they feared Hashem and they believed in Hashem? What's the, what's the repetition over here? And it's more than repetition, it's really a contradiction. Yira, again we translate as fear, but the word r- r- yira is really the same letters as rei, which means to see. Whenever there's a revelation, a revelation results in some sort of emotional response, whether it be a hava, whether it be yira, but it's because of a gilui. A munah is something that a person has to have in response to a lack of a revelation. Right. It's when something is hidden, that's when you have a moon. The is by Laylam's. So the question is not only the repetition, but what's the but the is, is contradictory. ames Hashem. In other words, the Shlum, there was a revelation of the Rabbanishlam's presence by Harsinai that ref, that that resulted in a response of Yira. But then ba Hashem and they also they believed in Hashem. What do you mean you believe? You don't have to believe. If it's if it's a Yira, that means it's a clear clear revelation. So what's the Viro ames Hashem? And vayimino Bashem, Okay, then the Pasa continues with the actual uh, song of Az Yashir. So the, the and the opening line is Ashir Hashem Meir and the Jewish people sing. We're going to sing to Hashem. Ki because the Rebbeinu is extremely exalted. So it's vayram vayam. He you know he, he catapulted. He threw the horse and the rider into the yamzuf. So what does it mean? Ki Ga'a? ga So if you take a look at Unkelis, so Unkelis translates the Pasuk like this. That again, we're going to, ashir Hashem, we're going to sing ta Hashem. Ki ga because the Rabbanu Shalom is exalted, extremely exalted. And how does the Shalom express his exaltedness? Sus The fact that the horse and the rider, in other words, the chariots of Pari, were thrown into the Yamsuf. Okay, so just breaking down the pasik, this needs explanation. Uh, what exactly is so, what is it about the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf that reveals Kigai gah go, the exaltedness of God? I mean, every miracle is revealing God's power. I mean, Dam does that. No one, no one can do the mock of Dam, so that shows God's exalted. What is it about the Kriyas Yamsuf that reflects ki gah go, whatever that means? And the pasuk is, is, interestingly enough, identifying the specific aspect of Kriyas Yamsuf, which reveals Kigai gah the exaltedness of God. And by the way, this is the first line of those which means that this is the, the essence of what Kriyas Yamsev was about. And what is it? That the, ri- that the horse and the rider were thrown into the Yam. Now, that's interesting because that's not the main, when you think about Kriyas the main miracle, the main shock is not that the, ho- the horse and the rider were thrown into the Yam. The horse and the rider thrown into the Yam, that's really the, just the chasing the Jewish people into the Yom Suf, and then getting drowned when the yamsof goes back to normal the main miracle is what is the splitting of the sea so i should say ki goi go, the fact that uh, as the process goes on later to talk about to that the that the depths split up and there was walls that, that's the miracle but the fact that the walls collapse and it goes back to normal, and the horse and the rider are thrown into the ocean. Okay, so Rashi does bring down that there were some miracles over here that the ground underneath the horse's feet heated up to compel the horse to try to go into the water. Okay, uh, but I, you would, uh, you know, in, in, in the big scheme of things, in Chris Yamsa, those are side miracles. But that's also another comment that Chazal already pointed out, which is what does it mean Sus that the horse and its rider usually horses go. The rider decides, and then the horse goes. I guess that, that that's one of the sources that I mentioned just a second ago from Chazal that there was a miracle: that the ground heated up, and the horse, on its own, you know, uh, against the will of the rider, you know, uh, threw themselves into the Yam. Okay, but uh, again, Shif and So again, Kipshuta, This is the, this is the of what it is and he's explanation. <clears throat> okay, finally, finally, at the end of the story. So again, you have those yoshir, and then Miriam sings as well. And then the Jewish people begin to travel from the Yom Tsef. Ayas, is from Maishah makes us travel from Yamsof and we go three days. The Pasik says, well, we didn't have any water. Fine, we get to a place, finally, that they find water. But the problem is, Kimaram, the waters were bitter. They were, uh, they, were, uh, they were undrinkable. And that's what the name of the place was Mara. in fact. So the Jewish people then complain to Moshe, we need water. So Meishah benu da'avenz ta'ashem, and the Rabbani shows him an etz, some sort of tree, a plant, and Chazal make a point of saying that the bark of this plant, of this tree, was itself bitter. And the Rabbani Shalom tells Meishah benu, a miracle, take the bitter tree and put it into the bitter waters, it'll become sweet. Okay, so it's a ma'afis, it's a miracle. And to that the Rabbani then says, if you listen to my mitzvahs and so on, then what? Then kol then, then all sickness and all difficulty that you saw in mitzrayim by the Makkas and so on. So layosim alecha. You're not going to have Kan. yashem Refecha, I am Hashem, the one that heals you. Okay. So all of a sudden, the rabbanu shloim after this last episode of the the bitter waters turning sweet refers back to Yitzis mitzrayim, almost as if this is the makab apatish. This is the completion of Yitzis mitzrayim. But until now, we have two parts. There's the, the Makis of Mitzrayim, Parashas B'ayi, and then you have uh, parashah Peshach, you have Kriya Siyams. But evidently, there's, there's something that... The, 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 the Yitzit Mitzrayim then continues into this episode of Mara of the water, bitter water is turning sweet. Ad Kadei the says, now everything that you saw Mitzrayim is in the Mamash, you're never going to have it again. Kenia Shem But more than that, not only is this just an additional little... You know, uh, finishing off of Yitzis Mitzrayim, but according to Chazal, this little, this last little episode is really a completion, specifically of Kriyas Yamsev How do I know? Well, first of all, it's part of the Aliyah of Kriyas Yamsev Okay, so that already maybe it's not such a big Raya because who split up the Aliyahs? Not, uh, not necessarily from Chazal. Okay, but the truth is, we do have a source to indicate that it is connected according to Chazal, to, this, to the episode, to the Aliyah of, of Kriyas Yamsev, in the, in the Kriyasi Tira of Shushal Pesach, the seventh day of Pesach, which is about, uh, about Kriyas Yamsev. There's no, by, by Shushal Pesach, the seventh day of Pesach, we don't read about Parsha's boy or the Makkahs, we read about Kriyas because that's what the seventh day of Pesach is about. And the Gemara says in Megillah that what should you read on Shushal Pesach, Parsha's Beshalach, Kriyas Yamsov until the end of this story with the waters turning sweet. So I mean, what does have to do with anything? Stop before, right after Miriam sings the song with the Jewish people. That's the end of Kriyas Yamsuf. No, Chazal understand that this is the completion of Kriyas Okay, so this is what we need explanation. What is ha, you know, so, so? We have two parts to to Yitzis Mitzrayim. You have the first part again, the Makis of Mitzrayim, and then you have Kriyas Tzav, But Kriyas himself itself has this addendum, has this uh, additional uh, uh, siyum, this additional ending of the story of the waters of Mara turning sweet. Okay, and we have to understand, so what is the miracle of those water, bitter waters turning sweet have anything to do with, with specifically the Yitzhak in general, and specifically Kriyas And there's, there's additional questions. Also, the Apostle says, Kenia Hashem I am Hashem, the one that heals you. He so, heals you. It says that all sickness that I'll put on time, I won't put on you. Then you don't need to be healed, right? You don't need to be healed. Right? If, you, if you're not sick, you're not sick. If you're sick, then you need to be healed. What does it mean, Kenia Hashem and it's interesting. Those are the last words. Another, according to Chazal, Those are the last words of Yitzhiz and Sraim. That's it. That's the, that, those are the Gemara. That's the Patish of Yitzhiz and Sraim and Refrat Kriyas Yamsuf. So you have to understand what is does Kriyas and Yitzhiz and Sraim but Kriyas Yamsuf have to do with the need of refuah. The of um, Okay, fine. Now let's let's begin to, to develop the idea. Kriyas begins with famous words Az Yosher Ma'isha Yisrael then Myshe, the simple translation is then Ma'isha, and the Jewish people will sing Az Yosher in the future tense so it's well known that Rashi brings down from Chazal, Az Yosher Ma'isha. Rashi says uh, so that, uh, that uh, it doesn't say Az Shar that that's when Maishavbeinu sang the song Az Yosher, and so the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that Chazal bring it down that Remez letchies Atar. there's a hint to Tchies HaMesim so all of a sudden over here, that again, in other words, Moshe Rabbeinu and the Jewish people definitely sang the song of Kriya Siyam, by Kriyasi Yamsev. But as Yosha Yisrael means, that, th- that they're going to sing it again. There's going to be future sing- singing by Moshe and the Jewish people by, uh, by Mason. All right. So what's Tchiyas Mason doing over here? What's Tries Mason doing over here? <coughs> so it's like this. What Chazal are trying to hint to over here with this Nakuda, that Kriyasi Yamsev has a, a remis to Tchiyas Mason is that what they're, what they're doing is that they're putting the whole story of Yitzchitz and R'ayim in a certain context. Okay? And So in other words, we, we, we have the story of an individual person, let's say. So an indiv- individual person is born. Okay? Mazel Tov. Person uh, comes into the world. But you come into the world already after the Chet of it means that the person's coming into the world already with the clock ticking down. I mean, the person comes in, you know, 120, and that's it. So a person has life, and life goes on. You accomplish amazing things. But there's such a thing as death, and there's there's a, there's a finality to life. Life has a has an end. And then the person Hashem, is esim. and when esim takes place, then they live forever. Right? That's the story of the individual person. Uh, just as that's true for the individual, chazal are hinting to us that so to, to a certain degree, to a certain aspect, we can view the Jewish people also collectively, even in this little window of time, of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, of Golos Mitzrayim till the end of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, also a sort of a, a uh, condensed or a uh, microcosm of this collective experience of, of first not existing, and then being born, and then person passing away, and then there being a resurrection. All of that is really on a national stage, the story of Golos Mitzrayim and Yetzirah Mitzrayim, so Chazal say, Gols Mitzrayim is what? Is Goyimik mikarav goy. Chazal described it. The Jewish people, we, we, we were alive individually, but we weren't alive as a people. We didn't exist yet. We weren't born yet in Gol's Mitzrayim. Gols Mitzrayim. is a time that corresponds to a person before you're born. We were in the womb of Mitzrayim. That's why there's a lot of symbolism when it comes to Gula of Mitzrayim to birth. The Karim Pesach is roasted in a fetal position the blood that's a very major theme in Yitzhak Mitzrayim is connected to the Dam Leda. There's a lot of inyanim of Leda when it comes to Yitzhak Mitzrayim because the gulas of Mitzrayim means we were not born yet. And then, so, so fine. So then you have the Gula of Mitzrayim, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, which is the birth of the Jewish people. Mazatov. But just like anyone that's born post the Yitzhadas, it means there's an expiration date. You know the person's not going to live forever. And so too the Jewish people did not quote-unquote live forever. Knows the birth of the Jewish people was, is expressed by Pari saying, okay, God, go. You're free to go. I'm, you know, you're, you're a are you're your own individual person. I'm not going to hold you back anymore. You're born, you're free to go. And that had an expiration date. It did not last too long. Of just a matter of a few days later, Pari is second-guessing himself and saying, you know, what did I do? And he's therefore chasing after the Jewish people. Pari chasing after the Jewish people after he let us out by that first night of Pesach, and not only that, but the Jewish people also falling into despair and, 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 and realizing or, or thinking that, that they're, they're in a state of hopelessness and they're stuck, and basically for all practical purposes, they're back in Mitzrayim. Yish. So Yish, that situation of Yish, that's called the death of the Jewish people, which is a natural thing. After a person's alive, after 120, the person dies. Well, yeah. Comes Kriya Yamsov. So the a because the geula of Yitzchis Mitzrayim. Be, in other words, what do you even need chris for, right? The, the, the whole thing, like the Rabban even says in the beginning of Parashat the whole thing is I'm making this whole story up, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna make it look like you're getting uh, you know for blunting in the road. They're getting all lost. And Paré, I'm going to harden his heart. He's going to chase after you in order to just do Kriyas Yamsov. And it's also, you know, well known that according to Tysus, it wasn't even, by Kriyas Yamsov it's not like they got on the other side of the Yamsov. It was just like a horseshoe. It was just like a, like a rainbow. They didn't get anywhere. So the whole thing is just set up for what? But well, the answer is, this is establishing a truth that's then going to be experienced on an individual level, on an historical level, on a grand scale of Tchias but that's what's going on here. The rebirth of the Jewish people and now a cheiros oilam, an eternal life, to be living forever. that Like the Pasuk says, those Mitzrayim that are chasing you, you're never going to see them again. It's done, finished, done. There's no possibility of there being a collective death anymore. Yitzis Mitzrayim is now b'shleim, it's an end of Tchias now, following this theme, it's interesting, because later on in the parsha, after this Halmaisa of Kriya Syamsa, which is the name of Tchya so everyone knows that, that, according to Chazal, this created, the experience of Tchya Mason created such a roysham in the world that all the nations were terrified of the Eden. right? No one's ever going to start up with us. mamish. Like al the famous mashal of Chazal, there's, there's, a, there's a bath that was, like a mikveh that was boiling hot, and no one would dare ever go into it. Until the one Meshagna jumps in, and then, quote unquote, cools it down for everyone else. And that mishigane was a molik, right? So a molik attacks us. Let's understand the um, the attack of a molik and the cooling down of a molik. The cool w- w- was from Kri- was of Kriyas Yamsuf. In other words, the makas of Mitzrayim was not enough to cause tremendous trepidation and fear for the whole world. It didn't even cause the trepidation for the Mitzrayim, right? <laughs> a few days later, they're chasing us after us. So the the hot mikveh, you know that, that the whole world was uh, was scared to dip their toes into was Chris That it was a result of Kri Yamsev. and so a Molek that comes to cool down that mikvah and to sort of tell the world, "Don't take it so seriously," really what the, the aspect of each and Shrine that a molek specifically targets is the Chris And this is why, and it's not a coincidence. Kri Yamsev, which is what Tri which is the eternal life of the Jewish people, the opposite of eternal life is what? The, the mirror opposite of that is absolute death, eternal death. That's what Amalek is. We know it's coming soon, it's Sham. you know, Purim. So everyone knows that Haman is the embodiment of Amalek. And Chazal say, Haman And what's the root of Haman? Who's lahashmid, laharag, Abed absolutely obliterate, no trace of life at all. That's coming from the Eitz Adas, Hamina Eitz. And so the, the, the source of death which is the opposite of what Chiesa what Chiesa is about, is exactly Amalek. So Amalek comes, the Icarus, Nagdus of Amalek, is towards Chiesa And by the way, this is also why we find flowing in, again, not, to explain, I'm just sort of setting up a skeleton over here, but that's why when you flow into the next parsha, parsha is Yisra, so it says in the parsha, how does Yisra begin? So it starts off, the Yishma Yisra, Kain Mijan, that Yisra hears what happened, and he comes to be Magyar, right? What did he hear? So Rashi brings down from Chazal, Ma'ash, Yisham, Yiboh, what specifically did he hear? It's an interesting question. What do you mean he heard? the old the whole story of uh, Yisrael? No, no, no. He heard something. What he heard specifically was, Kriyas Yamsuf or Mecham What's it? Because, in other words, Kriyas Yamsuf is the Indian of Tchias and Mason. The Gerus of Yisrael is also of Tchias and Mason. Yisrael living as a guy and not just as a guy of Kayan Midian, living as the, as the high priest of Avodah that's death. That's death itself. Chazal call Avodah Zara, Ziv It's called something that's dead, right? We say this in Tilm all the time. You know, uh, they, they have a nose, but they can't smell. They have eyes, they can't see. In Avodah Zara is death itself. And then you have Yidin, where it says in Pasak Atam <laughs> H'tveikim Hashem Chaim Kolchem so, the end you know, of a gear of converting from a guy, but not just Tamagai, from a Kayan Midyan, from the Ivet of Adizara to a Yid, that's Trihasa Mesem. That's Mamash Trihasa And so the question is, what caused this Esirus that Yisrael on his own should, res- should resurrect himself? If such thing is even possible, the Yishma The answer is, it was Chris Yamsef. I, Amalek, came and cooled off that pool, and that's why the whole world weren't the uh, Magyar. Okay, but then then Yushu Benun was sent to weaken Amalek. And so the Melchemes Amalek that was then waged against Amalek, to weaken Amalek, albeit they weren't destroyed, but Al-Kalpanim, the cleave of Amalek was weakened, so now you have Kriyas Yamsuf with the weakening of Amalek, who stands against Kriyas Yamsuf. so now Vishma Yisra, Yisra is able to be inspired by that, and to go back, uh, and, to, and to be Megayar himself. So in other words, what, we, what we're seeing from this is, is that again, Focusing in on comparing and contrasting the first part of Yitzis Mitzrayim, the makas of Mitzrayim, versus Kriyas Yamsuf, they're both the Indian of of the Jewish people coming to life. It's both about life because Gullus Mitzrayim means that your posh is not alive; we, we don't exist. But the, but when you compare and contrast the life that the Jewish people experience by the first, you know, half of Pesach, with comparing and contrasting it to Shushal Pesach to to what you would call to they're both life, but one is a life that is ultimately, that is ultimately mortal, which is eventually going to lead to death, well, as amazing as it is, Lamaisa, it's still 120, versus Kriyasi Yom we're talking about now we're talking about the Jewish people coming to life, at kach, where it's a Olam, it's an eternal life. Okay, you have a Molek being misnagic towards it, that it shouldn't be able to really ripen and take over the whole world in such a revealed way, Okay, and we weaken Amalek, but I'll upon him, that's what's going on over here. Okay, so at least now we have a, Bez Hashem, like a little framework through which we can engage in trying to understand, you know, what Yitzhi, Yitzhi and is in part one and part two, and now we can identify what it means in Advaita Hashem in terms of being alive, but mortal life, versus immortal life of uh, post-Chissim Okay, so... The, fa- the basic question then is going to be so what is it about life now versus life after Tchiyas Mesim that makes life now finite and mortal versus life after Tchiyas Mesim, which is going to be immortal well, we tend to think of it as just like okay it just is what it is like the Rabbana you know just right now because of Adam and Chava, there's just a decree that there's such a thing as mortality and you know after Mashiach comes with Tchiyas Mesim happens so the Rabbana will lift that decree That's true. It's because Hashem decided it and it's because of a decree. But there's a system. There's always a a way how these things work. Okay. So let's put that to the side. Okay. And then let's talk about a certain Indian and Ava Yitz Hashem and we'll see how it plugs back in. Okay. I mentioned in the beginning that that this is going to be Chabad influenced. Okay. So here's your clear Chabad influence. Okay. Every single one of us is comprised of two parts. Nefesh al kiss, Nefesh al-Bahamas. A godly soul, and an animal soul. That's the, I mean, it's not that. that's not the Balatanya's, he didn't coin those phrases, it goes back to Reb Vital and the Kis um, Fiyari. But, you know, it's, it's well known by the Balatanya. The Kitser, we have a body, and we have a soul. We have, not just a physical body, we have a part of ourselves that's bodily, that's drawn to physical things, that's drawn to animal, animalistic things, not necessarily bad, per se, but uh, low physical things, and then yeah, and then you have Nefeshul kiss, a godly soul. Now, uh, the the big insight is as follows: the 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 the, the godly soul, the neshama that's brought into the world, really, again, maybe with time, if we have the, we have the time, we'll be able to explain this a little bit of a deeper way, but. Uh, in a very simple simple level, when the neshama comes into the world, the neshama is not being sent into the world for its own sake. The neshama is got to go. The neshama was happy in Shemaim; it it would still be happy in Shemaim. It doesn't need it doesn't need to be worked through. The neshama is fine. The neshama is sent to the world to what? To be mavarer, to clarify and to fix something else that's broken and something else that needs to be refined. And that, namely, the body or the nefesh abamis. And so we have the, the, in the, in the in the terminology of Hasidus, you can you know it's, it's it's described the following thing: you have the mevarer, the clarifier, the fixer, that's called the nefesh al and you have the misbarer, the thing that needs to be clarified, the thing that needs to be fixed, namely the body or the nefesh al So a person has uh, raw midas midas that are unrefined tendencies that are unrefined, uh, human brain which you know, is not necessarily full of godly knowledge, that's not full of, uh, of spiritual sensitivities and all that stuff the Neshama kiss has and so the job of the Nefesh kiss of the godly soul is to be Mavar, is to influence and to clarify and to uplift and to refine the coarse qualities of the Nefesh the and that's the dynamic now, in Hasidus we're taught the following thing, that there are two ways for that beer to take place one way which will eventually result in death, ultimately, or a way that will eventually result in eternal life. What do I mean? There's one way for this beer to take place in which the clarification is, is going one way it's going one way. The ne- the, the Mavarer, the clarifier, the fixer is doing all the work. It's doing all the heavy uh, all the heavy lifting. The Nevishal Kiss is being is clarifying the Bahamas. Now, the Bahamas, what is its role in this relationship? Just, you know, not fighting back. <laughs> not fighting back. I'll just I'm going to allow the Nevishal Kiss to do its thing. Now, when if that's the mentality, if that's the mode, so then the bearer, the clarification, the fixing, the uplifting, the refinement is truly not changing the nefesh of Bahamas per se. Because the nefesh of Bahamas is never really allowing itself to be engaged in the process, you understand? It's remaining passive throughout the whole thing. And to a certain degree, it's just shutting itself down to allow the nefesh of the to sort of be in charge. So the person... there, I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a very simple example. a kid's in class, right? So... Kids, Hashem, should go back to school already, right? So uh, they did, Baruch Hashem. So they, uh, so the kids in the class. So you have, so in, in, you can have an example where you have, let's say, the in the classroom. Let's say the Rebbe or the Mora would be like the Nefesh kiss, and the kids like the Nefesh bombs, Okay, so the job of the Nefesh Lakis is to be Mavar, is to fix the coarseness and the and the is of the Nefesh bombs Right, that's the job. But one way of that beer is where the kids are not really. They're not really like uh, uh, expressing themselves, and they're not really engaging and being active participants in the process. The kids are just overwhelmed with intimidation, or whatever the case may be, by the presence of the rebbe or the mora. the that the kids are just sitting quiet, and the rebbe or the mora is able to to teach and to do to do the kids to do their thing. But the second, as we know, the rebbe leaves the classroom, the mora leaves the classroom, then the kids are back to square one. Now, does that mean that nothing happened during the time that the Regu was there or the Mor was there? No, things did happen, and there is some level of refinement, but it didn't truly get to the kishkas of the kid, and it didn't ultimately change the nature of the child himself, because really what was happening is is the kid is just remaining passive and allowing the Nefeshil Akis to do all the work, and really when the Nefeshil kiss does all the work, then really the refinement is really the Nefeshil Akis' refinement. You know what I'm saying? It's not really the Nefesh of Bahamas' refinement. The Nefesh of Bahamas is allowing the qualities of the Nefesh of the kiss to shine through itself. But it's not really being changed. This, When this takes, that could be in a classroom, they could also be on, on, a, on a higher level, a person sometimes in the presence of a tzaddik. Sometimes, there, you know, this is a big debate amongst Talmud of which is, what, what is the ideal for a person to become bottled to a tzaddik? Or... It, the, the mile of that is that when a person is is in the presence of someone very very great so they themselves can reach ex- extremely high levels that they couldn't do on their own but the other side of the argument is yeah but they're not really your madregas. you're just channel you're just allowing the tzaddik's light to be channeled through you so it seems like it's you but it's not really you or maybe the other side of the argument is maybe it's better to become, to have uh, have strength and obviously Influence, because again, ultimately the Nefeshul kiss or the tzaddik in this, in this dynamic, is the source of fixing. But, but the iker Tachlis is that you should become fixed within yourself because of that influence. And so here, here's the nakuda, when this type of bir takes place, where it's it's basically the mevarer doing everything, and the misbarer, the one that's being fixed, the this is just remaining passive in the process they're not truly becoming unified you understand they're not truly becoming unified the nefishal kiss is not truly uniting with the nefesh of bahamas and the nefesh of bahamas is not truly uniting with the nefishal kiss the nefesh of bahamas is not becoming more godly and the nefishal kiss is not truly coming into the territory of the animal soul they're not really mixing they're not really mixing they're they're doing this nice you know, dance with each other and they're not, getting, not stepping on each other's toes, but they're not truly mixing. Because of this, this will result, when you have this dynamic, it will result in, in life. When the Nefeshul Kiss unites with the Nefeshul Bahamas, that means a person's alive, <coughs> right? It means an Hashem in the, the Guf. That's being alive. But because they're truly not mixing and they're not becoming really, they're not taking on the qualities of each other in truth. So then it's only a matter of time until the host expels and repels the, uh, the other one. You understand? They're not truly becoming one. Things that are not truly one, it's only a matter of time until they separate. And so the nature of, so, so what is life? Life is a union between the nefesh and the nefesh It's between the neshama and the guf. For what purpose? For the purpose of the, of the neshama clarifying the body. Not only, by the way, is that the purpose of life, that is life itself. There's a piece from the Leshem in the beginning of, of Sefer HaDeyah, where he writes this Mufurish, he says, every second of life, the Nefesh Elokis, is, whether we re- recognize it or not, is clarifying and fixing the Nefesh of Bahamas. Arkade that the Leshem writes, that it's such an intense experience for the Nefesh of Bahamas that this is why the Rav made the world in such a way where a person has to sleep, at least every three days. Why? Because he said, if a, when a person sleeps, so a little bit of the nefeshul kiss, or maybe a lot of the nefeshul kiss is removed, so the nefeshul is able to, 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 to breathe, you know what I mean? To take a breather a little bit, you know, uh, that, it, that it should come back to itself. Said the lesson: if a person went through an extended period of time without sleeping, where the nefeshul kiss is just constantly pounding on the nefeshul kiss, then the person would cease to become a human being, Pasha. You, you couldn't live like that. So the, the, so in other words, not only is this bearer, this clarification, the purpose of life and the avoid of life, that is life. That is life itself. The nature of neshama in gof is automatically a process of clarification. But this process of clarification, again, it can happen in the following way, where the, the heavy lifting is from the nefeshul kiss. The nefeshul paham is not really being engaged. Not truly being engaged. And this will result in what? In life, but ultimately a life that will eventually have to separate. Because they're not truly <coughs> becoming one. This was the first stage of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Yitzhiz Mitzrayim was what is that? Just I'm going to beat Pari over the head, Pari, and there's this dynamic, right? The the the, the, the sending, you know, uh, you know, uh, punishing Pari and the Mitzrayim, forcing them to let the Jewish people go. This is the bearer. This is the clarification. This is the the, the onslaught of the nefeshal kiss over the nefeshal Bahamas. And in this first stage of life it's it's one sided this is this is this is just forcing nefesh Bahamas to just what it should do is just play dead just play dead and allow allow to take place so this that, that that is that's beautiful it's amazing but it ultimately is limited in its ability to be mavar but then you have the next level of beer the ultimate beer which is not that again the, the, the clarification is ultimately still coming from the al kiss So the neshama still has the refinement and the divine consciousness and the spiritual sensitivities and ultimately that has to be given to the nefesh of Bahamas. So that's not changing. But the difference is is that in this next stage which results Mm -hmm. in eternal life is that the nefesh of Bahamas is not just passive. The nefesh of Bahamas is truly engaging in this process itself. And it allows all of its natural tendencies to, to be sort of to be active and to be, and to be present in this beer process. So, what, what does that look like? What does that look like? And because it's, it's, if you think about it, it's a little bit paradoxical because in order for this deeper level of clarification to take place, that the Nefesh of Bahamas within itself is truly changing, well then you have you 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 work, you, you it requires the Nefeshah Bahamas to truly be itself. Well one second if naphisha bahamis is truly itself then how could it become refined? Right? The Nefeshah bahamis doesn't understand godliness. It doesn't understand these qualities. It's it's raw. It's it's coarse. That's why in the first stage of life we just want to be quiet. The answer is is that there is such a level in Chabad Chassidus, this is a huge, huge sugya in many, many, uh, many, many places. The Mila of serving the Rabbeinu with kabbalas al shemaim. You see, there's always, you know, in, 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 classic, uh, in classic terminology, there's always like two ways, two types of, of the Hashem. There's one type of ever Hashem that serves the Rabbeinu not necessarily because of, but the avaytas Hashem that this person experiences, man or woman, is with a certain masikas, It's with a delight. It's with an understanding. It's with a pleasure. It's with a, an, an awareness of what you're accomplishing. And that's a beautiful thing. But that's a classic example of where certainly Avaidas Hashem is taking place, but it's, the nefesh of Bahamas is not truly engaged in that and, in its terms. Because it doesn't understand because because that's a, a, an avodas Hashem which is which is completely nefesh l'kis oriented. It's coming from a place of sweetness and delight and pleasure. It's kavaldik. It's not, but that's not that's not the nefesh of Abraham is doing its thing doi from its perspective. But then you have another type of avodas, another type of avodas Hashem, which is an avodas Hashem that comes with t'mimus and pshitas and with Kabals al Hashemayim. Not because it feels good, not even because it makes sense. Just this is what I'm supposed to do and it's painful, it's hard, but I'm gonna do it anyway. That's a type of mitzvah that, although it, it ironically, because of its lack of excitement, you know, that's a mitzvah that certainly the Nevisha kiss is behind the scenes sort of teaching the Nevisha Bahamas how to do the mitzvah. But who's really doing the mitzvah? Who, who's really doing the mitzvah is really the Nevish Bahamas. That's why it's without Masikas, that's why it's without light, it's without divine pleasure, it's without sophistication. Because that's those are all telltale signs, calling cards of the Nefesh kiss, But the Nefesh of Bahamas, when it does an Avaidah, it's avayda is, all, is by its very definition, it's going to be with Kabbalah al Hashem if it's willing to do it. And so the type of Avaidah Hashem which truly engages the Nefesh of Bahamas mm-hmm. to such a degree where it's able to be transformed by the experience to become more more godly and more relatable to the Nefesh kiss, where the Nefesh kiss is ultimately... Um, taking on, you know, sort of sort of going into that place of the Nefesh Bahamas to teach it what a mitzvah is. And then the Nefesh Bahamas doesn't truly understand what the experience is of the mitzvah on the Nefesh HaLokiz's level. But it's going to be macabre on itself, all Malch to do it nonetheless. That's a type of V'adis HaShem that because it lacks the sweetness and the pleasantness and the and the divine experience that is the calling card of the nefesh al kiss that's a type of mitzvah which ultimately creates the ultimate birer, which is the nefesh of Bahamas becoming ultimately transformed by the experience. And so this is the type of beer that 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 will result in a tchiyas mason Because the, the ultimate tchiyas HaMesim, which is li- living forever, comes where you can no longer even... See, the, the, separate, and see the difference between where the nefesh Akis begins, the nefesh Bahamas ends, and the nefesh bahamis begins. You, you can't see the difference, and the you know the, what, what's going to happen with Tzis and Mason. With Tzis and Mason, it's not it's no longer going to be a, a time period where there's like neshama in a Guf. The neshama and the Guf are going to be are going to be indistinguishable from from another. The, even the body will be sustained from the ziv hashchina, just like the neshama is. Well, where does that what type of Voidus Hashem does that result with? That Leads to that. The type of Voidus Hashem that results with that is an Voidus Hashem that is, is about being mevar the Nefesh Bahamas in its terrain. Where the misbarer, the one that's being clarified, the Nefesh Bahamas is an active participant in the process. And so when the Voidus Hashem is taking place in such a way where it's the misbarra, the Nefesh Bahamas is active in this process... Then the result of this is eventually where the nefesh of Bahamas begins to to take on nefesh of qualities. Nefesh of El-Kis begins to take on nefesh of Bahamas qualities. Ad where they, they they become literally one and inseparable and in, and indistinguishable from each other, and that results in Triya mesim. And so, so Kriyas is the embodiment of this. Kriyasi is again, the, the second stage of life of Tchiyas HaMesim. And this is why, let's go back to answer some of the questions. This is why the Gemara of Kriyasi Yamsav, here, let's go like this. Kriyasi Yamsav is, Sus v'Reich V'Ram V'Yom. We need one other Nekudu to begin to answer all the questions, but at least like this. Sus v'Reich the horse and its rider thrown into the ocean. Kriyasi Yamsav. Sus v'Reich The Sus and the Raichiv always represents the Nefeshil Kiss and the Nefesha Bahamas. The riders, the Nefeshil Kiss. The Sus, the, the the one that's ridden, the one that, that's being told where to go, you know, hopefully, is the Nefesh Bahamas. The Khidish of Kriasyamsef is, is that the Sus was as prepared to be thrown into the ocean as much as the Raich was. Maybe even Aqadekah even more. Maybe the Sus was really in charge. And so the the whole secret of kriyas is. Is that Is that there was no separation between the Reichov and the Sus? That it's even hard to distinguish who's the Reichov and who's the Sus. That's the secret of Kriyas <clears throat> This is why, let's go back, this is why the first stage of the Tzitzim's rhyme is an etzba, whereas Kriyas Yamsuf is a full yad. The, the single etzba, the single unit, that means the Nefeshel Kiss. The nature of nefeshal Kiss is to be one. The closer you are, the, closer, the higher you are, right? The closer to God, the more Hashem is Echad, the more one you are. The, the lower you are, the more sus you are, the more in separation you are. Four is always a number that corresponds to separation. Arba, Confes, arts even the letter Dalad, which is numerically equal to four, means impoverished, it means poor, it means a, a dead body. That's what the letter Dalad means. And so in Mitzrayim, where the beer was only from the Nefeshulakist, so it's etzba; it's just one. But now when you have Kriyas Yamsuf, where the clarification and certainly the instructions are coming from the Nefesh al but the Nefesh of Bahamas is engaged in the process and is not just engaged, but it's Susfu It's Namish leading the charge, and really the Avadis Hashem is taking place and it's in its terrain, in its territory. So it's the one Nefesh al-Kis with the Dalid of the Nefesh of bahamis. That's five. That's the yad the Yad Hagdoyla that they saw by Kriyas thats the relationship between the two. Whatever is won by 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 Sar in the first stage is automatically going to be five by Kriyas Yamsev, Whatever the numbers are, <clears throat> so that's what Kriyas means. And this is why the completion of Kriyas is the avoid of the Jewish people. What? By the bitter waters becoming sweet, the bitter waters becoming sweet are represent. They reflect. A yid, ain't my a Tyre I right? already say this that that's, that's why Meshavani was motivated to create of Tyre that they shouldn't go three days without water three days without Tyre but even though, now they find Tyre so in other words right after Kriya Yamsav the Jewish people fall into a state where there's no masikas there's no sweetness all there's, no, there's no tonic, there's no pleasure there's no ha'ara there's no illumination and then finally when they get the strength to learn Tyre a little bit it's vital, they're bitter so, and then what does Rabbi Yasham say not to take sugar and to sweeten it to take a bitter tree and to, and to uh, a nace within a nace, and it's going to become sweet. Hmm. The secret of this last shlav is th- that's the experience that it, it's all going backwards, right? Because we know Yitzchus and is the Nishlom, like foreshadowing what's eventually going to come. So the shows Chiyas which is an unbelievable experience of Sus Ravayam the Yad and now the shows you, oh, you know how you're going to be zayicha to that eternally is if you go through a life of Mayim of bitter waters, which means a Yiddishkeit that's on the, that's, that's within the context of Nefesh Bahamas, but you do it on Nefesh Bahamas' page, and Nefesh is active participant in the beer. that will result in what? In it becoming Sweden by itself. It will it'll begin to take on the qualities of Nefesh kiss The Nefesh kiss is already in the territory of Nefesh Bahamas, They become one with each other. That is the ultimate, the ultimate, way in which you will eventually then be able to recapture the experience that you tasted by Kriyas Yamsov. this is why by that moment it's called Hashem the ultimate refua, what, what, what needs to be You know, if there's no sickness, the answer is there is a sickness what, what's all chayli? What's all, all sickness is because of a separation between guf and neshama that's what all sickness is, to one degree or another so the ultimate sickness that exists in the world is mortality itself so the, the sugya of Kriyas and Befrat and, the, 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 and the, the avayda that's being laid out to us in the story of the bitter waters after Kriyas is itself telling you how a person is like to the ultimate rufu, which is Kriyasi Hamesim, which is to live forever. How do you turn your Nefesh of Bahamas, how do you get every single cell in your body to become sensitive to God? The only way to do that is by serving the Rabbani with every cell of your body and its territory before it becomes sensitive to God. Mm-hmm. Where you where the nevisha of Bahamas serves the Shalom in its way with Kabul Salma Shumay with Tamima and that's the only way to do it. <clears throat> now, fine. One other Nakuda. This is all possible because so here, here's the problem. Okay, it's a very nice system. It's all very nice. One basic problem. Lamaisa, how does the Nefesh of Bahamas become a Nefesh of L'Kis? <laughs> Lamaisa, they're different. At the end of the day, so, there's the, so if the Nefesh of Bahamas, what I'm saying to you is like this. If the Nefesh of Bahamas does Avodis Hashem in its territory with the instructions and the influence of the Nefesh of L'Kis, but it's doing it mitzidai, then slowly but surely it could become a Nefesh of L'Kis. al kadekach where you have Tchis HaMesim where they're inseparable indistinguishable. But, but, but how is that conceptually possible? Like the Misa, the difference between the Nefesh of Kis and Nefish Nefesh of Hamis is Rokhik is, Mizrach Mimayrov, is East and West, is, is Gashmias and Ruchnias. Like, how is it possible for Gashmias to become Ruchnias and Ruchnias to become Gashmias? The answer is, is because what's behind the scenes of this entire system is Kigay Gah. And this is something I spoke about on a, I think it was a Friday night, maybe a few weeks ago, is that, you know, Shabbos morning by the end, by the, in the brachas of, of Kriyushma, before Krishna, so there's an addition we, we make by Shabbos, we, before Kel Adon, so we have a few lines where we, where we talk about Chiesa Mesen, right? And we're mocked such a thing by Chiesa Mesen, we begin to talk about the rabbanishma of Ein Aruch when we there is no one that could be compared to God. And it's in that context of that we then mention Khia What does that mean? So it's like this. It's true that Gashin's and are very, very different from each other. But then, you know, there's a principle in Khabar Chasidis, which is is that when you have let's say the the that's usually given is if you have let's say two generals that are fighting with each other, debating with each other about a certain tactic in war. So and they can't see eye to eye. They're, they're, each one is a, is a gavra. Each one is a general. There's no, and there's no reason for one to give in <coughs> to the other. So the Baltania famously said a Mashal that the, sometimes the only way for these generals to be forced to find something within themselves to come together is only if the king himself, that's much, much greater. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> in a way of Ein Erech. When the king himself, who is... Who's, who's, not just a few levels above the generals, who's completely a separate category than the generals. When the king presents himself before them, then both of them are buttled to his presence, and that's the only way how you could even get them to discuss and to get them to figure out a pshara and to become united. In other words, the principle is when you have something that's not just greater than two oppos, you have two opposite powers, two opposite qualities. In order for them to become united, you need to you need to have something that presents itself that's not just a little bit greater than both of them, but something that completely that that something again I have not know the right words. It's shloike Erach. It's not even in the same arenas where they're coming from. But yeah, completely shloike erich of where they are, and so and so here's the nakuda. The Rabbanu Shalom, when we think of the Rabbanu in a very naive way, we think the Rabbanu Shalom is, right? is Ruchnius. And we're Gashmi, so we have, to, we have to somehow connect the Ruchnius to find God. The Rabbanu Shalom is not Gashmi, for sure. But the Rabbanu is not Ruchni either. Who is the Rabbanu Shalom? Unknowable. Sholei Ke'erech. The Rabbanu the reality of God is without measure, immeasurable, unknowable. The, 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 the reality that we experience is of two parts: Gashmis or Rukhniss. Those are the two parts that we experience to each other, and each one is only and we, and, we could, and we can compare one to the other. God is neither. God is neither. God is not Gashmi or Ruhni. God is the creator of both. Everything was created, Yashma something from nothing. Which means that from the perspective to really contemplate such a thing is really mind boggling that thing that all of reality was created of nothing. Like it can't the created the world something from nothing, which means that from the from who the Rubanshom Kavyochal is, what's the what's the difference in Gashmis and Ruchnias? There's not such a distinction, distinction between the two. First of all, neither of these categories of Gashwhni are ultimately ironclad because they are both created. Not just the things that take up these dimensions were created. The categories themselves were created. God is not Gashmi or Ruchni, And so these categories themselves were brought into creation. Once they're being brought into creation by a being that's, that, that, that's way beyond the conceptualization of either category, then, then both these categories are already not so far from each other. Not only are they not, not so far from each other. They both fundamentally are therefore expressions of some deeper reality that is that is that is not being that is not the domain of either of either of them. And so, once you have quote unquote a revelation of God in such a way of shaloi ke'erach of ein oruch lacha. So usually God in that in that dimension of who He is, which is beyond gashmi and ruchni. It's not even like we don't even t- we don't, there's no words. Well, once if that part of God that's in aruch lecha, is not thought about and not not sort of brought out into into the you know brought out into our consciousness, then gashish rochnias are 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 there's no way to melt there's no way to bring them together. It's just not, they're they're two opposites, and these are and reality is Gash that, that's reality. There's nothing that's there's nothing that's bigger than that. There's nothing that, that encompasses that. Those are the domains that, that, ex, that existence resides within. Gashviz Ruchnius. That's it. But once there's a revelation of a bigger space, so to speak, that even Gashviz Ruchnius is a part of, then their neighbors, and not only their neighbors, their partners, and their twins, and maybe they're coming from the same place, which means ultimately they kind of still are the same thing. And so the triesa Mesim is possible and this ultimate union between Nefesh Bahamas and Nefesh HaKis is possible. We have the process of which to do it, with it, through the mitzvahs and avaydas Hashem of Kabbalah, but there is a presupposition, there is a backdrop that is required to allow this to work, which is Kigai ga. that God is beyond exalted. Gigay Gah ga means exalted above exalted. Ruchnius is exalted, but God is, ruch- is above Ruchnius. There's such a thing as chayl, secular, which is gashmi. There's such a thing as kaddish, which is ruchni, and then there's kaddish Kadash. It's kaddish Kadash. super duper holy. Kaddish kedusha means that it's beyond. The, 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 it, we're, we're not talking about kaddish and Chol anymore. We're talking about something altogether different. We're talking about kviyach ein oruch Lecha. That result that allows sus varecham That allows sus Otherwise, you cannot have the sus and the roichev becoming ultimately one unless you have a revelation that they're both just pieces in something much bigger. And so that's what Kriyas is really about. This is why Kriyas is about the ocean and dry land becoming one. Almost indistinguishable. Yam becomes Yabasha, Yabasha becomes Yam. <coughs> dry land means Amades means the revealed world, it means Dashmius. The, the Yam, the ocean, the czar says, is called Amades the hidden world, which means Ruchnius. The fact that Yam and Yabasha become one, that itself is... The backdrop within which <coughs> the, the, the entire story of Chiyas is therefore not only telling us what the Hashem, what is Simeisim, Nefeshat Baham's, Nefeshat Baham's, Nefeshat Baham's, becoming one, and not only do we see the process in which we have the steps that we have to take in order for that to happen, which is Kabol So but we're also shown with 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 with, with Tsef, the, the sort of the conceptual backdrop and the philosophical backdrop that's required to allow this process to work, which is that God's bigger than anything we could possibly imagine, and everything that we know of has to be within the context of what we don't know. And this is exactly the hisnagdus, the opposition of Amalek. Why is it that Amalek, how does Amalek oppose Krizzams? Like, like how do you oppose this? The answer is Amalek, again this is, I'm, not, I'm we're just to finish off over here, Amalek represents the philosopher. This is a class. Rabbi Nachman quotes this many, many places. That a always is a philosopher, and Rabbi Nachman was like super against philosophy. Why? Not that, not that he's, he's not against understanding, but the cornerstone of philosophy is is that what you don't understand might be true. It might be true because you don't have to you know we, we're, you know you don't have to be such an inflated ego that if you don't know, understand it, it's not true. It might be true, but it's not part of your universe. It's not part of your conscious world you have to uh, with with you want to try to expand your horizons to learn more things but whatever is beyond whatever is conceptually beyond understanding is irrelevant that, that that's the cornerstone of philosophy this is the exact opposite of krysiamsif the exact opposite of krysiamsif the, the backdrop in which Mason takes place which is the opposite of Molek, is what is that everything we do know is within the context of what we don't and what we don't know, the Ein Aruch lecha, is not just something that's beyond the horizon, and like, okay, it's nice to know sometimes, but I don't really think... No, no, that's the context in which all of your Yiddishkeit is revolving. That the Rabbani is Ein Aruch lecha, and everything fits within that framework. So what's beyond the is not by philosophy, beyond the Seichel may be true, but it's, it's not the framework that, that your world revolves around. But with Yiddishkeit, Adarab, that's exactly the framework that Yiddishkeit revolves around, and that's exactly Melchizedek Amalek. This is how this is how a attacks Chrys Yamsef by making the Jewish people ask the question: Do we is God with us or not? In other words, like where is the line? What level of God do we understand? What level of God do we not understand? As if the level of God that we don't understand is irrelevant. Adarab, the level of God that you don't understand is exactly the framework within which all of your life should be revolving around. That's what Kriya is Tsef is. It's, it's, it, what, what's going on over here is that it, it, this is nagdus, this, this opposition between Amalek and Kriya Yamsef is fundamental in understanding what Yiddishkeit is and the framework of, what, of how Yiddishkeit should be served in, in the context of, of, um, of what Yiddishkeit, what Emunah what means. Uh, so let's go back. This is all, I, think, I think there's one last question to answer. And I think it's obvious right at this point. It says in Postal by Kriyasi Yomsov, There was a revelation of God, that it resulted in fear, uh, an emotional response to something, and they believed in Hashem. So which one is it? The answer is Kriyasi was a revelation of Ein Arach. A revelation of God being unknowable. And so the yiru as Hashem, the yaminu Bashem is hainuach. There was a revelation of an elochus that's in archlacha, which is the elochus that's required to result in tchiasa mason. To give a context in which the process leading to tchiasa mason is is possible, halach l'maisa, halach l'maisa, to the banish loyelam with two And this this, this, this by the way, goes back to exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu does against Amalek. What is the saying pasuk? The yadav emuna, yadav emuna—that's the key. Yadav emuna means yadav means my mitzvahs papayal, It means kabal olam ha'shemayim. You do a mitzvah; it's bitter, it's bitter, it's bitter, but you do it anyway. That's the yadav, and the context is emuna—that the context of what I'm doing this is with the backdrop of knowing that a physical mitzvah and ruach—God is bigger than both. Who is God? I don't know, but the God that I don't know. <coughs> Is the God of my life? It's Hashem The God that I don't know is the God that I'm. That, that it's the unknowable God. That's 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 the revealed God to me. That's the the context in which all of my vaydis Hashem is revolving. The yadav That's the response to a and so that's the vaydis Hashem. That that's what V'adis Hashem is. Kabbalts and Malchus with and with the moon of with humility to know that we don't know, and everything we know is within the context of what we don't know, and that's a person is zaycha ultimately to find within himself ultimate unity, to be zaycha to tchias and mesinu, to be to experience that befrat to the v'is called meher v'imeinu. Amen.